Okay, welcome back to the weekend set of the IKP. Um, we're going to get into it today. Uh, we got a lot to get into. So, week seven in the NFL, um, the, you know, I think this week seven, we got, a, we got a great slate of games, a lot of interesting headlines like Garoppolo um, going back to New England. That should be a really good game. The Buccaneers playing the Raiders. Uh, the Seahawks are playing the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. We got we it's some some big time games coming on. Uh, Pittsburgh, the two undefeated teams, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. We got a boatload of games to get into. Um, I'm gonna talk about Carson Wentz. We already know. I'm gonna give you guys my top ten teams of the week going into Week Seven. Um, yeah, let's start it off right there. Let's get it going. Um, welcome to the weekend set. Uh, I hope everybody and I hope everybody's gonna have a joyful weekend. Enjoy their weekend after a long week. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Start your weekend with the IKP. Let's go. Let's go. I hope everybody there's doing well, doing fine, staying healthy, being safe. football coming on a lot of football on okay so let's get into it um like i said uh big big time weekend for sports we we're getting a lot we're getting jam-packed um also big 10 college football big 10 is coming back it is back it is back in action so a lot of big 10 games coming on we got a great slate of games as well michigan and minnesota is playing on um, ABC on Saturday night, so that should be a pretty good game. Uh, and breaking news also as well, uh, Antonio Brown, he's agreed to a one-year deal with the Buccaneers, so the Buccaneers are just adding weapons on top of weapons on top of weapons. Uh, it's going to re- get really difficult to defend these guys when they start clicking. But let's get into it. Let's start it off. So Carson Wentz and the Eagles yet last night. Uh, they won a, a nail biter, a really good game. The the you know the Eagles won twenty two twenty one, and it was one of the. It, it's been a rough. It's been a rough year for the, the NF. That game was kind of hard to watch. Um, both teams aren't the greatest. The I must say, the Giants have been improving every week. Um, they've been in a lot of close games the last few weeks. They played the Rams pretty tough. They beat Washington in a nail-biter, and then, you know, they lost a nail-biter last night um, against Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And as you guys can probably already figure out, I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz. Um, and, I, and, and I get it. Carson Wentz, he, 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 he sometimes makes bonehead decisions, um, on the, and I'm talking about on the field. Like sometimes the throws he makes, it's it, it's a bit of a head scratcher. It's a bit of a head scratcher. But this is why I think Carson Wentz is. I think this is why I think he has the chance to be, or he has a chance to get back to that elite level um, that he was playing at in his MVP year. That MVP year, he was one of the elite quarterbacks in the year of the uh, in the league um, at that particular time. Now, of course, he's had some injuries and so forth, but 
Last year, he put the Eagles on his back, um, and he got them to the he guided them and carried them into the playoffs. This year, somewhat similar. The Eagles, I know the Eagles only won two games. I know, I know, I know, I know. But Carson Wentz, he's making the best of of the situation. Um, I can just I can just read you guys the li- I can just read the injury report out. Um, he's missing Zach Ertz. He's missing an offensive lineman. He's missing Alshon Jeffrey. He's missing Miles Sanders. He's missing Deshaun. Ja- Deshaun Jackson got hurt again last night. Lane Johnson's a bit gimpy. So it's a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Um, the offensive line is kind of like patchwork. It, 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 you know, they're, they're, just, they're, they're trying to throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. But we we must chill. Carson Wentz, let's 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 take a deep breath and let's realize how how hard this has to be for Carson Wentz because he's throwing the guys like Travis Fogum, Boston, a small little tiny 5-6 Boston Scott. I mean, he's making stuff work. And this is where I think this this really I, I really like this. I I love examples like this. Because yeah, it's great. It's good to see a quarterback clicking when he has all of his weapons. Offensive line is intact, receivers are creating separation. That's great. But I also like to see a quarterback at work when offensive line's a big gimpy and you know, you 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 don't have your reliable targets. You're relying on you're relying on second in in, in practice second string in practice squad players. You, I like to see this, and it's it's somewhat not the best position for Carson Wentz, but because of, you know he's taking a lot of punishment, he's taking a lot of physicality, and it's a physical game. But Carson Wentz and his injury and his extensive injury history. You typically don't want that. If you're Howie Roseman, you typically don't want that. But we must. We If you're not on the Carson Wentz bandwagon, please get on. Please get on. Please get on. And I, and I was worried about him because Carson Wentz, I, I, I'm not saying he's these players, but Carson Wentz has a lot of Brett Favre and Ben Roethlisberger in his game. He has a lot of Brett Favre and Ben Roethlisberger. He's a gunslinger. He's a big-time playmaker. And, like, and I see it every week. I, I, like, just about every, just about every time I watch Carson Wentz, I see him make a throw. I, oh, I see him make a couple of throws that other quarterbacks in the league can't make. I see him make throws that only probably about two or three guys could probably make. And it's ridiculous. Him extending plays, him getting out of the pocket, staying strong in the pocket, resisting the sack, making a throw down the field. He is one of the best at doing it. But get this. At times, he presses too much to make the big play. And, 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 and he tries too hard. And sometimes he has to live. He, he has to live to see another day. Um, and and last night was a perfect example of it. Um, he had a he had a horrible throw. He had a horrible throw. I think it was like second down. 
and he was he he escaped the pocket and he tried to throw it near the end zone and and, and I think Bradbury I think Bradbury Bradbury uh the Giants DB picked it off and it, it it was an easy pick because it was just a bad throw it was a bad read but then the lat that touch that that game winning touchdown throw it throws like that to Boston Scott that make you like he has it Carson Wentz has the talent the talent is not an issue. It's the decision making at times, and also, I think this is which this is this is who Carson Wentz is. This is who he is. He's never gonna be a on point precise passer. He's never gonna be the. He's never gonna be a, a, a guy like Tom Brady. Brady is is precise. He everything is on point, on target, accuracy. Boom. Carson Wentz is never gonna be that guy. So, and every and I and I guarantee you guys, if you watch his games, if you watch him, because I watch him on, I watch a lot of his games, and I swear, every single time I watch Carson Wentz, he makes a throw or two where it's like, literally only two, only two or three guys in the league can make that same throw, literally, and that throw to Boston Scott last night was as perfect. That throw was as perfect as it can get. That throw was as perfect as it can get um, right, on tar- right on target. And it seems like Carson Wentz is putting the Philadelphia Eagles back on his back. He, well, well, you know, he, he's putting them, he's carrying them on his back once again like he did last year. And I know he played the Giants. I know he's in the NFC East. I know I get all of that. But Philadelphia, this is who they are. I mean, the Eagles, the last three years, have started off slow. They, they always start off slow. This is who the Eagles, this is what they do. Um, and, they, and they always, in the middle or towards the end part, the latter part of the season, they always make a run to get into the playoffs. And they've been doing this for literally the last, for literally the last three years. They've been doing this. So this is who they are. Um, and they've been they've been hit with the injury bug. I can't think of another team um, that's been hit with the injury bug like Philadelphia has for the last two three years. I mean, practically since they won the Super Bowl, they've been hit with the injury plague. But Carson Wentz is doing Carson Wentz type things. This is why I think he's. This is why I never gave up on Carson Wentz. This is why I think he's still has the chance to be an elite quarterback. And sometimes on some, on some Sundays, he plays like an elite quarterback. That's what I saw last night. That is what I saw last night. Carson Wentz putting, carrying and putting the Eagles back on, putting him, putting the Eagles on his back, carrying them to victory and to first place in NFC East. And I know that's not saying much, but I mean, look at the situation. Put some let's let's surround some contacts with it, but let's move on and shift gears. Okay, so this is my top ten teams. Again, you guys, my top ten teams. We do this on a weekly basis. Um, I've been doing this since last year. If you're a regular listener, you know the drill. Top ten teams. I got some new teams in here. Took a couple teams out and so forth. So let's get it started right now. So at ten, I have. I have the LA Rams. Um, they're coming off a tough loss versus the 49ers. 
But I'm I'm trying to figure out how good this Rams team is because all four of their wins have come against the NFC East, the NFC least. The the I, so I don't know how legitimate, how serious I should take the Rams. I do like Sean McVay. I think people are a bit too critical of Jared Goff, but I do have my questions about them. Um, and they play Chicago this week. I think so. I think this would be a good test. Um, and you might be surprised by my my pick, but I got the Rams at ten. At nine, I have the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy is a good coach. Um, their defense is only allowing nineteen points per game. They have a strong defensive line. The thing with Chicago that scares me is their offense because the way they the way they've been winning, it's been really ugly. And I know, I know, sometimes you need to be able to win ugly, but in the NFC, and I'm looking at all these quarterbacks and these teams: Russell Wilson, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady. Even though they beat the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago, um, Green Bay. They can score points, and I'm not sure if I like Nick Foles. I think he's an upgrade for Mitchell Trubisky, but the offense hasn't been quite clicking. And I were I think they lack some juice offensively. That's that's just my personal assessment. Um, but this is a five and one football team. They've won some tough games. I have them at nine. Um, at at eight. I have the Buffalo Bills. They've lost two straight. Um, now, they've lost two straight to two really good teams, the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. But their defense is a problem for me. Their defense is a problem for me. Um, they're not as dependable as they were last year. Um, they're, they're, they're in the middle of the pack in most categories. They're just giving up too many yards. Um, they're not getting off the field on third down. Josh Allen hasn't particularly played well the, 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 the past couple weeks, but I think he'll pick it up as time goes on. I don't, I'm not worried about Josh Allen, but I do worry about that defense. Defense looks a, bit, look, looks a bit questionable and suspect, but I have the Buffalo Bills at eight. At seven, I have the Green Bay Packers. Once again... I, I like this Packer team. I think their offensive line has gotten better. Um, Aaron was kind of he. Aaron was Aaron Rodgers. He was just all versus Tampa Bay. I don't know if that game was bad, Green Bay, or really really good Tampa Bay. Um, I, and I and I think Tampa Bay played played really well, but the Packers it, that 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 loss versus Tampa Bay. It reminds me of what I was talking about last year. They're soft up front. They're soft up front. And their offensive line, it got bullied by Tampa Bay. They got out. They just got outmatched and outplayed, out effort by Tampa Bay. So I had my I had my questions about the Packers up front physically. I have my problem. I have I have my questions, but I have them at seven. Um, at six, the Baltimore Ravens. So 
I'm a bit concerned as well. And I, I think, and I like all of these teams, but I have my concerns. The Ravens, particularly, the passing game. The Ravens have to figure out how to make this passing game a little more explosive because it ain't it ain't looking too good. It's not looking too good. They don't they don't get enough. They frankly don't get enough out the passing game. For the last two weeks, Lamar has been he's been below a sixty a sixty percent completion percentage. That's not good. That's not a good sign. The thirty first, the Ravens are, are ranked thirty first in passing yards per game. So that tells me they're not getting enough big plays throughout the air. Um, I, I think Lamar, he leaves the pocket too prematurely. I don't have any questions about their defense. It's more about offensively and their style um, as far as passing the football. I think they have to become a little bit more explosive. They got to open the field up a bit. But, okay, at number five, I have the Tennessee Titans. I can't deny it anymore. I can't deny it anymore. They're a good football team. I said this earlier in the week. I said Ryan Tannehill, ever since he's gotten the starting job, the last 15 games, he's 12-3. and three. In the last 15 games, he has 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's, he's balling. 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. With a, with a completion percentage of 68. That is that is remarkable numbers. I, I mean, sometimes you just have to change your opinion about certain players. And Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I thought he was just average. In, in, I thought he was just average in Miami. But guess who his coach was? His coach was Adam Gase. Now he has Mike Vrabel. He's, he's in a better situation. And he's really turned this Titans team around. Um, of course, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a monster. I don't know. And, and, and please tell me why. Why do why why do why do defenders try to tackle him high? Why 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 try to tackle Derrick Henry high? This is Derrick Henry so far. This is the year he's having so far. He's first in rushes attempts. He's first in rushing yards. He's first in yards per game. He's tied for second in rushing touchdowns, and he's tied and he's second for scrimmage t- for scrimmage yards. This is remarkable. He's having a he's having an all pro type season. Um, now I do worry about the Titans defense. Um, they can't get, they can't get they can't get teams off the field on third downs. So that is a bit of an eyebrow raiser. But they're good enough to make the top five, and they're five and zero. Um, at four, the Seattle Seahawks. They were on a bye week last week. Um, I hope, hopefully, they start to get some players healthy. Um, DK Metcalf is a star. DK Metcalf is a legit star, number one wide receiver. Obviously, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is the MVP front runner. Um, I think I think he's making a great case for winning MVP this year. Um, despite the defense, the defense, I, I, I think it'll get better as time goes on. It would also help if Jamal Adams get healthy. 
Um, he's an integral part of what they do, especially, I mean, everywhere. Secondary, pass rushing. I really think that I really think the Seahawks should try to make a move before the trading deadline to, to to acquire more pass rushing. You got to be able to rush the quarterback, and Seattle doesn't do that really well. But I have them at four. At three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They they look legit <laughs> when they're playing like that. First of all, major shout out to Todd Bowles. You can't run the football on them. The Buccaneers, <clears throat> dating back to the second half of last year, the Buccaneers have had the best run defense. You cannot run the football against them. Also, they have an emerging young secondary that I like. They picked off Aaron Rodgers a couple times last week. Um, and now they added Antonio Brown to that offense. The Buccaneers are its just unfair. It's just totally unfair what the Buccaneers are doing. They, they, they're they deep just about in every position, especially offensively. They have two of everything, two running backs, two two good tight ends. Um, They have a multitude of talented receivers that can do just about a lot. You know, they, they, got, they got all of their receivers can do a little bit of everything. Um, And then you add Antonio Brown. Buccaneers at three, Todd Bowles is doing a hell of a job with that defense. And I told you guys, Todd Bowles and that defense would be the story. Um, At number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They look like, they, they, I got to give a big shout out to Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin's coach. Some of you guys don't think I like Mike Tomlin's coach, but I like Mike Tomlin. Um, I think he's, I, I, I love his personality. Um, he has a great defense. He has that defense playing well. He, he also has a lot of talent. Now, I do worry about, they had the Devin Bush injury. Devin Bush, he's their, he's their signal caller. Um, he's really impactful and he, 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 he he's, he's a very, he's a very important part to what that deep, how, how good that defense is. So He's out for the season. I wonder how that hurts them or help them or, I don't know, hurt them. Um, I want to see how they handle that. But, boy, and then offensively, Chase Claypool. It seems like the Steelers always draft really good receivers. I can't remember the last time the Steelers had a bad receiver or or didn't have a good receiver. They found one down in the rough. Um, Chase Claypool, he's a scoring machine. He, you know, they run reverses for him. They, they, they he, he catches touch deep touchdown passes. He's a, he's a legit deep threat, and he's turning into a star. And then, at number one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Last week versus the Bills, they showed me they can run the football. They were committed to the run. They were committed to the run. Andy Reid was committed to the run, and he ran the football. It was some nasty weather, you know, playing in Buffalo, so you really couldn't stretch the field and throw the ball down the field like Kansas City likes to. But that also took some pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and then you add Le'Veon Bell to to that mix. I mean, Tampa Bay and Kansas City, the rich is, they're just getting richer. I mean, they're stacking their offenses. They're going to be very difficult to defend. 
You guys can stop the music. Kansas City, they were, I, I found that win versus Buffalo really impressive. Even though I picked them, even though they, they, you know, they were favorites coming into the game, I thought the way how they won, it really showed, okay, they can run the football really well, and, 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 and they added Le'Veon Bell to that mix. Um, and, we, and I know Andy Reid is going to do his very best to incorporate him into the game plan. So Kansas City looks really good. Um, I like the way how they won versus Buffalo. I, I'm, I was I was very impressed with the amount of times they ran the football because that's unlike he because Andy Reid he's been criticized for not running the football more. He's been criticized, um, or he, you know the media has came out and said, "Hey, let's take some more pressure off of Patrick Mahomes." And Andy Reid did that. Andy Reid adjusted, and he committed to the run versus Buffalo. I think that shit. I think that says a lot. That shows a lot. Committing to the run. Um, I I like this Kansas City team. I think they're the best. I have them at number one. I have no problem with that. I feel pretty good with this top ten list. I mean, and I got I gotta go back to Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, but the Steelers. First, a lot of you guys think I don't like Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin. I think sometimes the the attention to detail I think could be uh I think could use some fixing at times um because Pittsburgh for the last the last couple of years Pittsburgh was very sloppy they were they were they were amongst you know the most penalized teams in the league they they had a lot they would they would they would give up the ball a lot they would turn over the football a lot but this year, Ben Roethlisberger is playing some really good football. He's been really efficient. Not a lot of turnovers. They, you know, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron. That you know, they they just they got a good offense. Offensively, I think they're starting to open up. But I think Pittsburgh, they're looking like the second best team in AFC right now. They look like the best team in the AFC North and the second best team in the in the AFC. They look legit, and I like how Pittsburgh looks. I really do. I like how Pittsburgh look. And with Tennessee, I know, I know, I, I, some some Titan fans got on me. I, I, you know, sometimes you have to change your opinion. And you know, somebody asked me, they was like, "Oh, you, you, you're now coming around with the Titans." I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, and, and Ryan Tannehill, I'm like, "Yeah." You, I mean, sometimes you, I, you know, I'm not perfect. You can sometimes you can just, you know, a player was in the wrong situation, wrong setting. It, you know, we we're, we're now seeing how bad of a coach Adam Gase is, um, because he had a great quarterback in Miami and Ryan Tannehill, and he just, you know, he he, I don't know what happened to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he went to Tennessee and he looks he looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Sometimes you have to adjust your opinion about certain people. That's what you got to do. And that's what I did with Tennessee and uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's legit. They're legit. They're legit. Uh, I'm a, and I'm going to – let's uh, let's shift gears. I'm going to get this back to you guys. I'm going I'm to do my top 10 NBA. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 NBA all-time list. Um, then cap that off with my NFL Week 7 predictions. Okay, so all this legacy talk. All, you know, all this legacy talk. LeBron won his fourth championship, and, you know, that the GOAT debate, this, you know, it continued. And, you know, and, you know we, are, we saw it coming. 
Now, the LeBron fans, they, you know, the LeBron, like, the, you know, the fan, fan you know, the hardcore, the hardcore LeBron fans, they think LeBron's to go. Everybody else tends to think that Jordan's to go. Um, and Jordan has been the consensus goal for a while now. And um, on the previous episode, I talked about, I gave you guys a couple of my reasons why I think Jordan is still to go. Now, also a couple weeks back, I gave you guys my top 10 all-time list. My, and and I, I gave you the list of players. I didn't actually rank them. I'm going to actually give you guys the rankings today. I'm going to give you guys the rankings um, of my top 10 all-time NBA players list right now. So let's start it at 10. Um, at 10, I, got, I have a Hakeem Olajuwon at 10. Uh, you know, I look at Olajuwon. I mean, we all, we all know how great of a post score he was. We already know how like how great and effort how smooth his post moves were. But I don't think people talk about the defensive anchor that he was. He led the league in blocks three times. He was a two-time defensive player of the year. He was a nine-time all-defensive player. I mean, Hakeem was, you know, great offensive player, but a really, really good defender. Um, and he was a really good defender for a very long time and schooled Shaq in Shaq's first finals in Orlando. Um, and also, you think about it, you know, the, the first champion, he's, he, he won two championships. And granted, the two championships came when Michael Jordan was playing baseball and came when Michael Jordan came back from playing baseball. But he was still, he still won those, he still won those titles. And the first title, I mean, he played with some really good guards um, you know, Kenny Smith, great guard, but he, and the second title run, he got, he, he added, they added, the Houston Rockets added Clyde Drexler, another Hall of Fame wing player. So he kind of did it without a really dominant guard until Clyde and Clyde Drexler. I mean, by the time he got to Houston, he was still, he was still a good player, but he wasn't the Clyde in Portland. His, his prime years were in Portland. But nevertheless, Hakeem Olajuwon at 10. At 9, I have, I have Tim Duncan. I mean, I think in some form or fashion, Tim Duncan is a bit, he's a bit underrated. I mean, we forget, this guy had five NBA championships, and he was the, he was the, he was the leading catalyst of the Spurs dynasty. Um, and that's no shot to Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich is a great coach. But Tim Duncan was the best player. He was the best player on the Spurs. For, the, for most of those championship years, Tim Duncan was the best player on the Spurs. Um, uh, also, Tim Duncan, another thing. Also, another underrated but a great defender. I mean, he was a 15-time all-defensive player. Um, you, you know, three finals MVPs. He won two league MVPs. People don't know that. But Tim Duncan won two league MVPs. And believe it or not, with, you know, Tim Duncan was so close from being undefeated in the NBA Finals and going six for six, similar to Michael Jordan, um, until Ray Allen hit the big clutch three in the corner. But Tim Duncan was that close to to being six and six in the finals. I think he's a bit underrated. His game, he wasn't the most flashiest, didn't have the most style, wasn't the most entertaining to watch, but he won. He was he, he was a winning basketball player. He, he made winning plays. Um, and also, 
in the middle of his career, he went from the power forward position to the center position. And that's usually really tough to do. And, and usually power forwards don't like to do it. Tim Duncan did it, and he did it really great. And he, he did it at a really high level. Um, so that's Tim Duncan at nine. At eight, I have Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq is the most dominant force um, in the modern era. Shaq was the most dominant force in the modern, in the modern era. Um, we all know about those Laker, those Laker years with Shaq and Kobe and how dominant they were. And he was the absolute best player in the world at that juncture, at that point. Um, Shaq, I mean, he, he, he didn't quite last as long as he should have. Um, in my opinion, I thought if he if, if Shaq would have took better care of himself and ate the right things, uh, I think he would have lasted a bit longer than what he actually did. And he could have extended um, his prime a bit. So, you know, I mean, still a great career, a four time champion. I mean, still a, he's, he was still a really great player. And, you know, everybody he's 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 most notable for those Laker years. You know, those dominant Laker years where he was just, uh, he was just a, not, you know, he wasn't even a removable force. He was just like a refrigerator just on the block and you couldn't stop him. So I have Shaq at eight. At seven, and I know a couple people going to get mad at me. I know, I know, I know there's a huge Boston population that listens to me. At seven, I have Larry Bird. Um, Larry Bird, you, you know, I think he's a bit underrated at this point. At this point. We don't talk about how great Larry Bird was. You know, you know, some of these players like Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, we don't talk about how great these players were. Bird was, you know, I often say, you know, you, you know how guy, you know, Luca plays really well. Luca puts up big stats. Luca put he averaged Luca averages like 29, 8, and 9. That Larry Bird would have been averaging 30 plus. In, in nine in nine assists and eight rebounds, Bird was that good. And in the eighties, in the eighties, from 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 the time span from about nine from about nineteen eighty one, from about nineteen eighty two, from nineteen eighty six, from that you know that 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 four five year span. Larry Bird was considered the best player in basketball. He had won three back-to-back-to-back MVPs and had had won three NBA titles with two finals MVPs. Um, A great shooter, one of the best clutch players in league history. Um, I mean, we all know about Larry Legend. I just think, I just just think, you know, he, he he had back injuries. The back injuries really... It limited his career. It shortened his career. But I think people tend to forget because the narrative around the league at that time, from about, like I said, from about 1982, from about 1986, 87, Larry Bird was considered the best player in basketball. I mean, he was. Go back and look at it. Like, he was. Go back and do your home. He was. He was that good. Um, so Larry Bird at seven, um, at number six, I have, um, the late great Kobe Bryant, um, Kobe, Kobe, you know, I don't think Kobe is the second greatest player of all time. Um, but look at this. I think Kobe, he is certainly the closest thing 
to Michael Jordan. Now, that doesn't make him the second best player of all time, but Kobe was the closest thing to Michael Jordan. Like, you know, we all know, we, we know Michael Jordan's great. But, like, if, if, if he had a twin, if he had a clone, Kobe Bryant would be it. Um, he just wasn't, like, the only thing that, you know, he failed just short. Kobe failed just short um, of, you know, being just like Mike, you know, as the Gatorade commercial stated, be like Mike. You want to be like Mike. Um, but Kobe, you know, he wasn't as efficient, um, you know, at times, you know, he wasn't as efficient. He was tough to play with at times. But Kobe is a Laker legend. He's arguably the greatest Laker of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, this is such a, I, I, you know, I can't even think about the tragic situation that, that happened this year, you know, early this year when talking about Kobe. But we all know Kobe, um, <laughs> embodiment of hardworking grit. You know the mamba mentality, as you know, everybody loves it. It it, it it's a part of who he is. Um, and like I said, he's five championships, a great score, um, great fundamentals. As you know, skill, nice skilled player. You know, didn't really have a lot of weaknesses. Uh, if you, if I was nitpicking, I would just say the efficiency. But Kobe was it. I have Kobe at six. At number five, I have Bill Russell. Now, I you now I know some of you guys may find this a bit controversial, and so forth, but Bill Russell is pro, he's arguably the greatest winner in in sports, not just basketball. Bill Russell is probably the greatest. He's probably one of the greatest winners in sports. Eleven championships in thirteen years, and yeah, he wasn't as offensively gifted as Wilt. He didn't put up the same numbers offensively as Wilt, but the winning winning still has to matter. I mean, and, and you and you can go look at Wilt numbers. Wilt had great numbers. Nothing to take away from Wilt Chamberlain. Great numbers, but in the postseason, he didn't. He he didn't. He didn't in the po- in most postseasons. Wilt struggled to put up those same numbers that he did in the regular season. Bill Russell. Was a was the ultimate winner, and I think is the ultimate winner. Um, you, you know, I, I don't even think we're gonna see that again. Eleven championships in thirteen years, eleven titles in thirteen years. We're not. I don't even think we're gonna see that again. Um, and plus, the pioneer. He's a pioneer of the game. The outlet pass, the fast break, the blocking of the shots. He's a pioneer of basketball. So. I gotta have Bill Russell within my top, my within the top half of my top ten. Um, at number four, I have Magic Johnson, um, the greatest point guard to play basketball. That's how I look at it. Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard to play basketball. Um, you, you know, very unique uh, at the time. At the time, it was very unique. A six nine point guard, a six nine player playing point guard. And facilitating the ball, um, Magic, you know his, you know the all-time moments, the rookie year, nineteen eighty, game six, no Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic drops forty-two, and that starts the legend. Um, Magic is just, you know, Magic man, greatest point guard to ever play basketball. I, I that's 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 not for up debate. Um, at number three, I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
We all know how great Kareem is, and that's another player. It's three players on this list that I think it's, they're just severely underrated. And it's Kareem, Larry Bird, and um, Tim Duncan. Kareem is – Kareem, I, I don't think we bring up his name enough in the GOAT debate because if you – if like, let's, let's look at it. Kareem was the greatest – he's arguably the greatest high school basketball player ever – He's one of the greatest, I think, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest college basketball player ever. He won three national championships at UCLA, and he was unstoppable. You, he was so unstoppable at UCLA, they had, to, they had to make him stop dunking, and that's how he developed the most unstoppable shot in, in basketball history, which is the sky hook. And then in the NBA, he wins six championships three finals MVPs, and was the all-time leading scorer in league history. And plus, he had the longevity. Kareem is number three, and I don't think we bring up his name enough in the GOAT debate. At number two, I have LeBron James. Um, we, we know this. LeBron is great. He's still adding on to his legacy. He's, he's continuing to be great at year 17. I mean, he has all of the stats. He's going to have all of the records. I think, in my opinion, I think one day he's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in league history. Um, And then at number one, I have Michael Jeffrey Jordan at number one. Um, We know the drill. We know you, You know the drill. I have Michael Jeffrey Jordan at number one. You know the drill. Um, that, uh, that's, that, that, that rounds off my top 10 list. Um, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty solid top 10 list. Um, I'm willing to put that list up against anybody else's and the, and you know, I, I don't do my favorite, like, no, no, I don't play by, I'm not biased. Come on. I put the 10 greatest players of all time and I take into everything into account my, you know, with my criteria. And I think this is a pretty solid 10. I think this is a pretty solid 10. And I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to shift, let's shift gears into my top 10 teams of the week. And then I'm going to go into my NFL predictions. Can't wait. Let's get into it. My bad. Had to hit you guys with the ads. <laughs> Got to get the ad dollars. So week seven predictions. Uh, I, I, I ain't going to lie to you guys. I ain't do too good last week. I was not so good last week. Um, I can't pull up my record on my screen. On my big screen, but uh, I did not do I did not do too good, and hopefully we're gonna do we're gonna do better. We're gonna do better week seven. Um, I feel pretty confident about my week seven predictions. Uh, so let's go. Let's get into it. So we have the first game on the docket, one o'clock game: the Green Bay Packers versus the Houston Texans. The Packers are three and a half point favorites. I'm surprised this spread isn't a little bit wider. Um, I look at the Packers as a, I, I, I think they're, they can be very vulnerable up front. Um, but I think they're still a good football team. And the Texans are, the, the Texans just, the Texans are just not a good football team. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm, I'm, think, I'm looking at the Texans. I think Green, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a rough week last week. Uh, he received a lot of heat last week. So, you know, I look at this Texans defense. It's ranked 30th in yards per, in yards allowed per game. 
Um, it's last. It's, it's rush defense is last. Um, it, it gives up. It, it's this defense have given up forty nine twenty plus yard plays. It's it's, it's it's this defense have given up forty nine plus forty nine twenty plus yard plays. That's the most in the league. So that's considered like a big play. That's the most in the league. Um, so they, so you can you can you can exploit this Houston defense. Um, I don't think Deshaun Watson will do enough to overcome the Houston's the Houston defense. I think Green Bay will be able to score some points. Um, and I have the Packers winning 34 to 20, 30, no, excuse me, 37 to 24, um, Green Bay. Um, oh boy, this is a pick 'em. So we have the next game on the docket, the Detroit Lions versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are two and a half point favorites. This game is at Atlanta. Um, I'm not huge on neither of these teams, obviously, uh, <laughs> Defense, the both defenses aren't that great. The Lions have won a couple games here and there. Um, and the in the in the Falcons are coming off of their first win of the year. It seemed that you know they have fired everybody. Um, Detroit, depending on how this season goes, Matt 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 Patricia could see his way out of a job as well. I'm gonna go with the Falcons to win this game. Um, I don't trust. I just don't trust Detroit. I don't trust neither team because you know when I when I when I bet when I picked the Atlanta, they always let me down. When I picked Detroit, they always let me down. So neither team, they really hold their end of the bargain as far as with me picking them. But I'm gonna choose the Atlanta Falcons to win 30, 31 to twenty one. I got them winning by ten. Okay, interesting game right here. This is an interesting game. Uh, a long-time rivalry, rivalry, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. The Washington football team, they're one-point favorites. So this spread is pretty close. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, 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 I'm so close to picking Washington. Excuse me. I'm so close to picking Washington. Uh, I, I look at Dallas O line. Dallas O line, it, it, it's it's patchwork. It's patchwork. Both of their tackles are gone. Their center Travis Frederick he retired. Zach Martin is out. They, I mean, at some point in time, they just have too many injuries on the front on the on the offensive line. Washington Washington's defense is strong up front. They got one of the better. They got, they got they got one of the more talented front sevens in the league. So I'm gonna take oh, man, Dallas. Dallas scares me. I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Dallas. It, it it's probably not the right pick to make. I mean, because everything in my mind is telling me choose Washington. Washington. They have a strong front seven. O the, the Cowboys O line is weak. Everything is telling me to choose Washington, but Dallas has playmakers on the outside. I'm gonna choose Washington. I'm gonna choose Washington to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think it's gonna be a really, really close game. I think I think that I think Washington is able to squeeze out enough points. I'm gonna go Washington 29 to 26. Dallas, they have so many injuries up front, and Washington has a strong line. 
a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a pick Dallas. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pick Dallas. I, 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 this was the one game I was torn between. Um, it's such a pick 'em. I'm gonna pick Dallas to win in a close, a really, really close game, 29-26. Um, next game in the docket: the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. The Bills are ten and a half point favorites. So look at this. We have this Buffalo Bills team that's a really good football team. The Bills are a really good football team, but they're coming off two tough losses to two really good teams, uh, the Chiefs and the Titans. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the the Bills to win this game. The Jets just they they, they they're lifeless. Adam Gase is he's I th- I feel like Adam Gase is one foot out, one foot in. Um, I feel like he knows his time is about to expire in New York. Um, and, and, and offensively, I don't, I'm not sure if Sam Darnold is, is playing. I, I think I saw him as questionable. But without him, they have no offense. And with him, they're still not that good. I'm going to take the Bills to win this game. I think the Bills have a bounce back week. They get back in the winning column. Bills winning this game 33-17 to, to Bills. Um... Next game on the docket, 1 o'clock game, Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so, the, once again, the Browns coming off a tough loss to Pittsburgh. Baker, Baker Mayfield has received a lot of criticism throughout the week. Um, we all know Baker loves the Cincinnati Bengals. He can beat the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I'm going I'm to choose the Browns to win this game. I think they bounce back. Uh, I think Baker, he's going to have a good week because he always plays well against the Bengals. He just can't play well against the winning teams. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> um, but the Browns will win. I, I, I'm going to choose the Browns to win 28-20. to 20. I think this game is a little bit closer, though. Uh, Cincinnati's been playing some really good football. Um, next game, the Carolina Panthers versus the, versus the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are 7.5-point favorites. This is another 1 o'clock game. I'm going to choose the Saints. The Saints are coming off a bye. I always like, I always look at this. I always like a veteran head coach and a veteran quarterback off of a bye because I know they're going to be prepared. They've had some, they have, they've had two weeks to prepare. Um, and get this, Teddy Bridgewater played for the Saints last year. So they know his weaknesses. They had two weeks to prepare for that. Also, Carolina's defense is not the greatest. They struggle on third down. So I'm going to choose the Saints, even though the Saints, they are missing Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So they, they, they got some holes um, in, 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 you know, in, that, in the receiving game, in the receiving core. But I'm going to choose the Saints due to the preparation that they, that, that they have had for the last two weeks. I'm going to choose the Saints to win this game 27-20. to 20. Yep. Um, okay, another one o'clock game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. The the Tennessee Titans are one and a half point favorites. This game is at Tennessee. This should be one of the better games in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, so Pittsburgh. I'm choosing Pittsburgh to win this game. Um, I like Pittsburgh. Now, um, I worry about the Tennessee Titans defense um the Steelers are it seems like they're starting to open up this offense a little bit more um I I mentioned the receivers the breakout stud Chase Claypool I mentioned I mentioned him a couple times already so we I think the Titans are going to struggle a bit um I think I think the Steelers 
would be able to control um they'd be able to control Derrick Henry. I'm not gonna say they're gonna stop Derrick Henry, but they'd be able to control Derrick Henry for the most part. Also, the Titans, they're missing their left tackle. That doesn't fare well versus the Pittsburgh Steelers front seven. I'm gonna take the Steelers to win this game in a close one, a really close game, though. 20. Oh, well, no, that's the wrong score. In a close game, I'm gonna go 31 27 Steelers. Um, another one o'clock game. Oh, no, this is a four o'clock game. Excuse me. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Buccaneers are four point favorites. Uh, you know, this Raider team has been the shock of many people. They've been playing some really good football, but they're missing their offensive line up front. So I got to go with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles has done a he's done a phenomenal job with this Buccaneers defense. I talked about it throughout the offseason. I talked about it right before the season started. I said, hey. Todd Bowles and this defense and the players that he have, I said, hey, this defense is going to be the story of Tampa Bay. All offseason, we were talking about Tampa Bay's offense and the weapons that they have offensively. But yet, we're almost, in, we're almost out of October, going into November, and the, and the story in Tampa Bay is the defense and what Todd Bowles have done, as I predicted correctly, so I'm going to choose the Buccaneers to win this football game. I'm going to go with them 31-24. to 24. I do think um, the Buccaneers, they're going to be able to stop the run, especially with the Raiders missing some of their best offensive, or, you know, the Raiders missing some of their offensive linemen. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are eight-point underdogs. The Chiefs are eight-point favorites. This is this game is at mild high. I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win this game. Um, the, 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 the Broncos are coming off a huge win versus New England and Bill Belichick. So I think Kansas City will, you know, put them back into put them back into reality. Um, the the Broncos struggled like they struggled to put New England away. The defense played really well, but Drew Locke hasn't quite played as well as I thought he would. He's also been banged up. Denver's been hurt with he Denver's been hit with a lot of injuries. But I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win this game regardless. I'm gonna go a score of 30, 35 to 26. 35-26 Chiefs. Okay, another game. So we have the San Francisco 49ers versus the New England Patriots. The Patriots are two and a half point favorites. I'm torn, I'm torn between this game as well. Um, the 49ers are coming off a big time Sunday night win versus the Rams. The Patriots are coming off a tough loss to the Denver Broncos, as I just mentioned. Um, this is a big game. Because, because you know, essentially, this is a big game. This is a big game for the Patriots. This is a big game for Belichick. This is a big game for Cam Newton. Because you don't want to go to two and four. Um, and you know, Belichick. You know, the, all the all the talk was who's gonna who's gonna survive without the other. Is it gonna be Brady in Tampa Bay? Is it gonna be Belichick in New England? We have to see. With the Patriots, if they lose this game, they drop to two and four. There'd be two games under five hundred. We, the microscope will be on the Patriots and Cam Newton and Bill Belichick. Also, Cam Newton hasn't particularly played well the last few weeks. 
um, that his the game before Denver versus the Raiders, he didn't play well. Last week versus Denver, he missed a couple throws. I worry about this New England offense. I don't know if they're explosive enough. I, 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 I don't know. Can, can the New England offense generate enough big plays? I don't know, but if they're not able to do so, I will come up. I will come back on here next week, and I will abolish Cam Newton. Uh, well, not I, I'm not gonna abolish him, but I, I, I'm gonna crush him if they lose. So I'm gonna take the Patriots in a tough game. I think this is gonna be a well coached game. I like both coaches on both sides. I think Belichick knows Garoppolo, so I'm gonna go with the Patriots to win this game, 26 to 23. Oh, well, 26 to 24, excuse me. Um, close game. I'm going to go with New England. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sold about that, but I go New England because I know Belichick knows Garoppolo. Okay, um, another 4 o'clock game, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Chargers. Chargers are 7 7.5-point favorites. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. I like how the rookie Justin Herbert has been playing. Jaguars has kind of, they, they you know they started off pretty quick but they've kind of they kind of gone downhill since then. Um, I'm gonna take the Chargers. Neither team is great, but I like I, I like the way Justin Herbert's playing, um, and he's been playing he's been playing against some stiff competition. The Chargers they have lost a lot of close games. Chargers have lost a lot of close games to a lot of good teams. They lost to the Saints, lost to the Chiefs, um, they lost to the Buccaneers. Close games, but they're, they're against some really good teams. So I think that's gonna help them. I think it's gonna be. I think that's gonna be really beneficial. I'm gonna take the Chargers to win. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a score of 27 to 20. I think the Chargers will win versus the Jaguars. Um, Sunday night football: the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks are three and a half point favorites. So once again, I look at this Arizona Cardinals team. They're coming off a big-time win versus Dallas. Yeah, I know Dallas isn't great. I know, I know, I know. But it's the Cowboys. And usually when, you know, you know, when teams beat the Cowboys, it's like, yeah, you know, everybody in the country, everybody in the country was either watching that game and everybody in the country saw you and, and now they're congratulating you. Well, get good luck because you have Russell Wilson coming into town. I'm taking the Seahawks to win this football game. Also, Seattle and Pete Curl, I mean, Russell Wilson and Pete Curl, veteran quarterback, veteran coach coming off a bye. They have, they, they, you know, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. Also, Russell Wilson has been really successful versus the Arizona Cardinals in his career. He is 6-1-1 versus the Cardinals. I'm, I like those chances. I'm going to take, take the Seahawks to win this game 30 30, 35 to 27, 35, 27, Seattle Seahawks. And the last game on the docket, the Chicago Bears versus the LA Rams. The Rams are five and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Rams and I'm taking the Rams in main part because I don't know. I'm not sold on the Chicago Bears offense. I think they have limitations. Um, I do think Nick Foles is better than Mitchell Jabitsky, but he has a turnover problem. In the last five games, five games straight, five games straight, Nick Foles has committed a turnover. 
So he's turning over the ball. He's loose. He's reckless. You got to clean that up. Also, I'm going to read you guys Chicago. I'm going to read you guys Chicago's offensive stats. It's not pretty. They're 27th in points per game. They're 28th in total yards per game. They're, they're, they're 28th. Oh, well, no. Yeah, they're 28th in yards per play. And they're 28th in rushing yards per game. So they don't generate a lot of big plays. It's, it's very limited. Um, and also, Nick Foles has been turned over the football. I'm going to take the Rams to win this game. I'm going to say a really close game, though. 28 to 20. Rams and those are my week seven predictions. That was um, so, so a lot of good games coming on. I cannot wait. So uh, um, we're gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up for you guys. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the weekend, enjoy this podcast, enjoy this episode. Um, continue to come back and click, 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 click. Um, IKP welcomes you back. <laughs> um, and um, I catch you guys next week. Big games, big weekend. Uh, if you're a Big Ten, if you're a Big Ten fan, you know Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Wisconsin played already, I think. Uh, I think yeah. So you know, Big Ten football coming back. I know you guys can't wait for that. Um, I catch you guys later. Always remember two choices, one decision, and I am out. Deuces, peace.